Welcome to Appetite for Production, your premium and premier source for news about plugins, doors, and crazy stuff like that. Who are you, James Russell? My name is James Russell. I am a music tech writer and video maker kind of guy. Basically, yeah. And your name is Tim Kant, although your anagrammatic DJ name is MC Taint. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what they call me. I see. I'm neither one thing nor the other. So <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm, I'm you know, I'm ambiguous. Stylistically, you're really straddling the fence. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that point between pleasure and pain that we all love so much. Let's get on with this episode and stop talking for a second. All right. Ah, oh, so Tim, it has been a month since we sat together and uh, many things have happened. I know, it's well, this, we've been building up to this for a very long time. Yeah, season two. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make a joke about the No Scrubs video. <laughs> um, what has actually happened is you have given, you, you personally have given birth yeah, yeah, to yeah. a small child. Well I, done. I personally gave birth. Um, have, have you ever played the early noughties PlayStation 2 game Max Payne? Um, yes, in fact, I played it on my phone, would ah, you believe? Yeah, With a joypad, because I'm a nerd. Of course. So, okay, where, where's Max Payne going to take us? Well, do you remember that it had sort of interludes between the levels? <laughs> yeah, where... the nightmarish interludes. Yeah, it was a sort of <laughs> dreamy nightmare sequence of uh, psychedelic level where you were running along invisible platforms. And Made out of blood. <laughs> the, yeah, the room was covered in blood, and yeah. all you could hear was the sound of a screaming baby. <laughs> That's basically my life for the last few weeks. Wicked. Uh, but I'd still rather this than to have to listen to that U2 album that comes free with iTunes. Oh, mate, yeah. Um, yeah, so I hid that when it when it dropped. But obviously now, or whatever, years later, it's just back in my iTunes library for yeah, some reason. it's back and it's spreading. Yeah, thanks for that, Apple. Real <laughs> nice one, mate. Never going to use Shuffle again. Um, so, yeah, so you... How is your mental state? It's okay. I'm tired, but I am good, and I've made it here. So, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, fair play, mate. That much we can say. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised, to be honest, mate. I thought the last episode was going to be the last one. <laughs> what have you been up to over the past, I guess, month? Have you been doing anything crazy? Uh, I've done my self-assessment bookkeeping, mate. <laughs> which, is, which is the thing in my life, one of the things in my life I hate most. So yeah. at least I've got that out of the way. And that, feel, that feels to me much like giving birth to a child. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. I mean, there were a lot of numbers involved in the room. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that you think before you have to do it, you think, oh, come on, stop complaining about your accounts. It's just getting a bunch oh. of numbers on a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. But then it turns out it is one of the most soul-destroying, painful and turgidly boring things you will ever do. It's really, really horrible and boring, mate. And it's like looking through a bunch of physical receipts like... Did where, where, why did I buy this baguette? Was, <laughs> is this really a work baguette? I don't want to like get a prison over this fucking baguette, basically. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I, you know, I'm I'm very anal, as you know. Yeah. Um, I check, I've checked, I checked everything on on my Google calendar, so I I know I'm not defrauding the uh, the British people, Her so. Majesty. Yeah, Her Majesty. Well, yeah, you, she doesn't have much money, so you know, she's making a list and she's checking it twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And she's gonna see whose taxes 
taxes are naughty and whose taxes are nice. Mm-hmm. And you better be on the latter list, Tim, or you're going to be buggered in prison. Yeah, li- like literally the last thing I need right now is to get a prison. Um, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't do it, mate. I'm too, I'm too busy. I don't think that stands up in court either. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really hoping. Also, the other thing is, I'm just really worried I'm not going to have enough money to pay my tax bill. So like, all I've been doing is working. It's been really boring, and I don't really have a lot, a lot to add to any conversation about anything. Nothing mate. musical except the the fact that the receipts are analog and not digital. Well, absolutely. Well, no, they, mate. They sound I, better. No, I scan them into an app on my phone because okay. I'm paperless. So mate. you use an analog to digital converter? Yeah, I do, and it sounds great. Pristine sound quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it will never be as good as, as the real thing because it will be stepped and there'll be a resolution. But you know, here's the th- here, the reality of it is, mate. Is I put all of my receipts, my physical receipts, into my wallet where they sit for months and rubbing against yeah, each me other. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get them out and you can't fucking see anything on them anymore. And I'm like, I've got a fucking magnifying glass and I'm like, wow, how much did this baguette cost? Four quid, 40 quid? Who it's fucking genius. knows? I, I can tell you, our Her Majesty, our Queen, is <laughs> sitting in a room looking on an iPad at scans of receipts <laughs> yeah, that yeah. rubbed together. <laughs> From WH Smith. Yeah, mate. Yeah, totally. Mate, I bought... I had to, the best... My best expense was... I, was, I went on a shoot and I... What's, the, what's that stuff you buy to stop yourself from having diarrhoea? Imodium. Imodium, yeah. And I bought some Imodium and I knew I bought it before a shoot and I was like... And I had to put a note in the spreadsheet to my account and say, look... I, I really don't know if this counts, but honestly, I had to have this for work or it would not have gone well. So yeah, so, so sorry, taxpayers. You might you might be subsidising my Imodium bills. <laughs> okay, Tim, top story this episode. Yes, tell me. Turn down for what? <laughs> Turned down for low royalty payments. It's just like being in a room with little John there, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So explain the conceit of this thing that you've just said. Well, there is an artist, let's say relatively unknown, but not for long. Her name is Estero, and she has released an album, and one of the songs on that album, in the Spotify version, the song is called Give Me Some Time, Mm. and after one and a half minutes, it gets turned down, and she does a little speech complaining about how low the royalties are on Spotify. <laughs> Wicked. Genius, Banger. right? Banger move, yeah. She interrupts the song and she says, uh, I hope you're enjoying the song, blah, blah, blah. Spotify and other streaming services only pay about 0.003 to 0.008 cents per stream. Mm-hmm. Baller um, money. And a load of other stuff. I mean, we can listen to it now. You can search for it on Spotify. It's uh, one minute and thirty-seven seconds. I don't want. I don't want to listen to someone bitching about money, mate. I am skints, mate. Well, the thing is, like, I was thinking we can't really play it on the podcast because we might have to pay a license fee. <laughs> yeah, mate, we can't looks... afford that. Not point nor three p. It looks like it's going to be quite cheap. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so how how people respond to this? Because personally, I don't want listen. I don't want to listen to somebody bitching about their worries when I'm worrying about my my many many personal well, problems. I, I believe that is a uh, part of music called uh, the blues. Oh, you're right. It's 21st century blues. Yeah, right. that's, 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 I guess that's what you you don't quite uh, understand. It's, it's all very, woke up this morning, didn't get paid very much by Spotify. 
Yeah, get a proper job. <laughs> <laughs> so now she basically says, you can buy this song and actually support me, which is fair enough. And uh, get, get that 12p from iTunes. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, Tim. Mm. Here's the thing. It's mm. a great idea. Fair enough. And yes, she's not getting paid enough by Spotify. Mm. Totally support that. But it turns out it's also a very good sort of PR move. Of course, yes, clearly. Because uh, her monthly listeners have gone up after the uh, new stories have come out. And I don't begrudge her that because that's uh, that's well done, you know. And you've got to play the game. You've got to play the game. And it's, um, it's very well played. Like... Uh, We're has, talking about it. That has been played with integrity, and she's got more followers. And people will have listened to the track because of this and enjoyed it. And probably uh, offered her some money on her own website uh, where you can buy the actual song and uh, vinyl versions of tracks and other bonuses like um, $300 for an hour long Skype call. <laughs> what? <laughs> $500 for a hike. What? $1,000 for a dinner date night. Oh, this, this seems... is the answer to all your problems, Tim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just fork out a grand yeah. and get with Estero and bitch about Spotify royalties. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, tell me about it, love. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't freaking start with me. Look, if someone out there wants to pay me 300 quid for me to show them my feet on Skype for an hour. I will do that. I am not above that, James. That'll do it. I'm not going on a hike with anybody, though. No way, man. Okay, so Spotify royalties. Everyone's always complaining. I mean, everyone's always complaining about royalties in general, but people complain a lot about streaming royalties. And we've all seen people's statements and how little they can get. Mm. It's... I've got a lot to say on it, Tim. I've got oh, a lot duh, to say, okay, so hunker down. Okay, okay wicked. Look at comfy. Now, do you remember when Spotify was first rolling out and there were a lot of artists that refused to go on there? Yes, I do. Let's think. Okay, they didn't have the Beatles for a long time. Mm -hmm. They didn't have stuff like ACDC for a long time. Mm -hmm. Seminal artists, you know. Mm. Not that I put, in Seminole. Not that I'd like to put those two together um, on the same platform, but... The thing is, let's say you're pitching to the artist record label. Now, here's the interesting thing about streaming. A lot of people are going to use Spotify to listen to those artists from decades ago, correct? Yeah, why not? I certainly do. I was on the way here. Mm -hmm. um, let's hark back to a simpler time, Tim. Ooh, do lovely. you remember the 90s? Oh, the 90s, you say? Was that so, the decade between the 80s and the noughties? I, I believe so. My chronology's a bit off, but I think it was. Yeah, my love for the 90s has only increased. Mate, so yes, I do remember the 90s absolutely. Now, in the 90s, let's say you buy a Beatles CD, sure, you do one you of that, the, the red one or the blue one, I believe it was, wasn't uh, it? Or you could you could have bought all the back CDs as well, yeah, 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 yeah. but you pay your 9.99, your 12.99, whatever it is. The distributor, Mate, it was sometimes it was up to like 18 quid. Oh, yeah, for it a could freaking be. album, man. <clears throat> let's call it 9.99 because that was a sort of average, not brand new not really old okay okay the shop would take a cut the distributor takes a cut mm. uh, the record label takes a cut and the artist takes a cut and probably many more people along the I way prs do they get their little <laughs> fingers on it i don't even know <laughs> no i don't think they get it from sales it's... whoa whatever <laughs> <laughs> fast forward to today I've still got my Beatles CD, mm. and yet when I listen to the Beatles on Spotify, they might be getting 0.003 pence, 
Mm. But that's 0.003 pence more than they would have got if I put absolutely, my Absolutely, absolutely. So that problem at the very start of Spotify to get the old artists on there, mm. when they solved that, they basically, that's when this happened. Because, of course, Led Zeppelin are going to want to be on Spotify now. Because if the alternative is me putting my old CD in, which mm. I've already paid for, then this is just a little bit of bonus money. Yeah, right. And... Then you get the problem for the new guys. Yeah, I mean, ACDC, Led Zeppelin and the Beatles are doing all right for cash. I imagine, or whatever. But, you know, whatever this woman's name is, she hasn't flogged a load of CDs. Whatever, She probably doesn't know what a CD is, mate. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Uh, She's relying on vinyl sales, I imagine. Yes. Uh, Like a hipster. Now, here's the thing. Here's another thing, Tim. Are you, Tell me, are I'm you ready. comfortable? Do you need another cup of tea? Uh, no, I'm doing all right. Let's say, back in the 90s, average person, how many CDs did they buy per month? Uh, less than one, I okay. would imagine. Let's even say one. Mm, okay. Okay. Nice round number. Now, let's say that everyone has a Spotify subscription now. Mm. $9.99 is going out now. $9.99 was going out then. Mm. Okay, so let's say on average, everyone's paying about the same for music now Mm. as they did before, Mm. potentially. Yeah. Only now, you don't need to pay the people with the trucks to bring it to the shop, and you don't need to pay the shop to sell it. Mm. You get it effectively. It's not direct from the record label, but it's like, you know, it's on a server hosted by Spotify who shouldn't theoretically take much money to host it compared no, to well, a I guy driving they, a truck. I don't think they do actually make much money. <laughs> no, but still, where is that saved money going? Where's it going, mate? Ain't no distribution no more. Mm-hmm. Ain't no HMV no more. Well, there is, but that's a stupid thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so where's my 999 going to? Because it's clearly not going to Estero. No. I don't know how many tracks I listen to on Spotify per month. Well, presumably it's going to end up in the pockets of the people who are doing the stuff that makes it possible for Spotify to happen, like their, you know, the cost for their servers or whatever. Do you sure. know what I mean? In all these sort of things. And they're, you know, them advertising. They, and they stuff cost they pay money, for. but do they cost as much money as a guy driving a CD on a truck? Which would be a really inefficient <laughs> well, way. Well, yeah. It seems like <laughs> okay, Nick- we've got one CD. Who's going to take this one? <laughs> This is why we've got a hole in the ozone layer, mate. Um, yeah, have you looked at a pie chart of where all the money goes? No, but I'd I'd really like to sort of like compare how many songs are listened to, how much money. You know, I'm sure someone could work it out based on old CD sales and current Spotify uh, licenses, monthly subscriptions. Because mm-hmm. it works really well for people like us who used to buy multiple CDs every month. Yeah. And now just have to pay nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. But it works slightly worse, I guess, for people who didn't buy one CD a month and bought one every three months. But those people won't mind because they've got the convenience and they can listen to more music. Well, let me tell you, mate. Labels make a whopping 45.6% of the streaming revenue, apparently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the artist gets 6.8%. Hang on a minute. That doesn't seem very fair. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Isn't every artist their own label now? Um, no. 
bizarrely enough they're not mates mm. and like i mean my i come from the perspective of being involved in dance music and labels have always been the kind of the gatekeepers basically so right. that how you would get authenticity <laughs> as an artist in dance music is you put your music on a half decent label and people will be like oh i might listen to this or buy a vinyl of it mm. um it might be quite good well when i was learning about the music biz mm. the justification for the major labels was that they've got all the distribution connection yeah like they're like even the indie labels had to sort of piggyback onto one of the big five it was then i think mm. because they could physically print and press cds or vinyl distribute it to a shop and get it sold whereas independents can do that now independents can do that now a single artist can do that Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, yeah, if if the only reason labels exist now is for a reputation boost, that's probably a better thing. Well, it seems like, from what I can see, it seems like it's going to major labels predominantly mm. rather than the little indies and the artists who are doing it for themselves. So it seems like we're basically in exactly the same position, mate. See, the figure I really want is uh, how much money was spent on cds back in the day how much money is spent on streaming subscriptions today just for inflation and how much is everyone getting from that um it seems like we should have done some research before talking about Uh, this and then we we would know yeah but this podcast is staunchly (laughs) anti-research yeah right no stem cells for us mate Um, it seems like songwriters slash publishers do get 10%, mate. So maybe that, maybe the PRS or whoever are getting their little fingers in there, uh, mate. Do you get it from... I, I thought it was only for public performance. Oh, we're way out of our depth. We, yeah, we, yeah our, our depth is... Uh, yeah. Let's over- do a very quick switcheroo. Okay, oh, thank God. <laughs> New story about Spotify from this week. Oh, God, okay. The uh, company that spends so little on artist royalties have uh, made an acquisition of a new company. Oh, have they? Because you know how much shareholders love acquisitions. They, re- mate, they really do. <laughs> oh, they go crazy. It feels like some companies almost survive on just buying other companies. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Spotify has bought a company called Sound Better. And what this company did was basically, it was... Uh, <sighs> you're going to sigh when you hear this. Oh, mate, I'm ready. An audio production and collaboration marketplace. Oh, what? (sighs) Uh, Hang on a minute. LinkedIn for musicians. Yeah, it's a bit more... It's a bit more businessy and a bit less sort of cheesy, collaborate Do you remember Indivar Music? Did you ever come across that? No, it doesn't ring a bell. It was, it was basically a sort of competition thing where you could end up getting remix stems and do a competition and get some exposure and stuff like that. It seems like Sound Better is a bit like that. And it's oh, a bit like fine. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. I used to get a million emails from them. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Sound Better is a bit more like a sort of... Um, Find me a session musician. Find me a talented person to help me with this thing. It's almost like a sort of, I don't know, I want to say a Craigslist of uh, music, but I haven't really checked it out to that much. This is, that's just my impression. So Spotify has bought it and are making it part of their Spotify for Artists. Oh. Which, as you'll remember, recently they uh, stopped people uploading using that program. I do. And I am signed up to Spotify for Artists, <laughs> but I never look at any of the emails. Okay. Mm. Well, we're also spot- signed up for Spotify for Podcasters. Oh, are we? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. Wicked. Yeah, it's more you- emails to ignore. Uh, w- would you like me to uh, tell you what our... Um, 
what our listeners listen to most. Oh, God, yeah, I really would. Artists they're listening to. Lana Del Rey. What? Really? Tool. No. Taylor Swift. Of course. Drake. Oh, really? And Radiohead. Oh, we, that sounds about right or whatever. So, uh, I, look, listeners, you know who you are, and we want <laughs> you to stop it. <laughs> Which ones are you particularly offended by? Uh, I guess Taylor. Really? I like Taylor. No, I don't. No, do you not? Well, I haven't heard any of her music. Why would I do that? Oh, man. it's She's good, you know. Is she? She's good. She's better than Tool, mate. Actually, I don't want to offend Tool lovers because I know that people who love Tool really love Tool. Who is this Drake chap I've been hearing so much he about? He is a young person's R&B slash hip-hop musician, James. Okay, the kind, James. Of, kind of chap with a shaved beard. He's got a very, very neatly uh, coiffured beard, Oh, yes. very well, very well. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and this Lana Del Rey last that I've been hearing so much about, what, what's she like? I thought she was just going to be a flash in the pan. I'm very surprised that she's mentioned in the same breath but yeah she's just like a kind of a bit of a slightly sad uh hipstery singy woman that's how you like them isn't it no not really i like them crazy af mate i like i like bush <laughs> kate bush not not the band bush just just to be clear don't want don't to give you the wrong idea there mate <laughs> anyway listeners we know what you're listening to and, and it's, I think it's fair enough, mate. I'm a bit... Uh, mm, do you know what? None of those really bother me. I think Lana Del Rey is probably the worst. <laughs> this is... like. Let me just read you Spotify's info thing. It says, Your podcast listeners have streamed these artists the most in the last 28 days. So can we all resolve right now, everyone listen to something else for a bit and see if that changes? Oh, that's it. Okay. Who should everyone listen to? I don't know. It's so that we be, can really skew this. It's got to be someone quite weird. Okay. Ah, uh, so you're saying they need to be weird, do you, James? <laughs> weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al okay, Yankovic. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right. Li- <clears throat> okay. Official <laughs> announcement. <laughs> everyone who listens to the podcast on Spotify... We want you to listen to two Weird Al Yankovic songs <laughs> this month. No, it's got to be loads more than that. Well, yeah, no, at least two, two albums. At least two songs, but go nuts with it and listen to as much as you possibly can. What you could do is uh, just press play on it, turn your phone's volume down and just leave it in the corner or something. Oh, nice. We, we want to skew these stats and then we can publish something saying our listeners all listen to uh, Weird Al Yankovic. That sounds great. I highly recommend the Straight Out of Linwood album from 2006, uh, particularly Confessions Part 3. And if you can't take Weird Al, just go for some Zapper or something. Yeah, why not? Okay, are we going to check back on this? Yeah. How often do we get a podcaster's Spotify email? Uh, It's not an email, it's just a login, so we can do it whenever we want. Let's check it back on it in one or two episodes time, 28 days. Okay, wicked. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Anyway, Spotify, did you know they've acquired this company called Soundbetter? No, no, I hadn't actually, mate. Um, so, So they've now got a thing where... People who are signed up, Spotify for Artists, can now find other artists to collab with, basically. Is yeah. that what you're telling me? Yeah. Now, apparently, Sound Better will continue to operate as before, but <laughs> investments and improvements are going to be on the way. You're making this sound very ominous, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, how are you, why have you bought it and then you're continuing to operate it as before it's, it's, they're going to be some kind of integration with spotify presumably mm, maybe i think this is just the business people doing the business thing 
boosting the share price. Oh, selling their okay. shares. Right, right, right. I don't know. Okay, well, I mean, to be honest, it feels like any company involved with delivering music to people needs all the help they can get, basically. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm surprised SoundCloud's still going, mate. I don't know. Acquisitions, really? Spotify? <laughs> you want to spend some of that money on your artists, perhaps? It feels like the world is just totally taken over by all these companies, like Uber or whatever, who just lose an absolute ton of money, yet are utterly ubiquitous, mate. Mm. I don't understand. I don't understand economics. I guess you would call it late-stage capitalism. I, that's exactly what I'd I call it, I would just it, call it capitalism. <laughs> oh, mate, you're so woke. Of course, if you enjoy listening to us bitch about uh, big companies <laughs> and capitalism and stuff... If or, you like our kind of incredibly uninformed, yet really passionate and angry t- hot takes... Yeah, if you like Tim's left-wing nature and my <laughs> extreme alt-right nature, <laughs> then why not support both sides by uh, finding us on patreon.com slash A4P podcast and becoming a patron. Patreon. Yeah, nice. Wicked. Or patron. Give us as little or preferably as much as you can afford without going to jail that'd be really great guys a billion thanks to all of you for uh, kindly donating whatever you can donate yeah it's uh, very generous that money is definitely not being spent on heroin <laughs> well it's not being spent at all is my understanding of it which is like a nest egg we are stashing it up <laughs> for our inheritance of our children uh, <laughs> who will also inherit the podcast <laughs> wow wicked well i hope uh, you're your child is up for it, basically. Well, we've, we've both basically got to put them through as much psychological trauma as the, uh, we can. Is so the that secret they can be like ingredient. Us. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm feeling like we're going to burn out within 18 months max. So you want to <laughs> wanna get that child, you know, ready to roll within the next two years at least. Mate. I am on it, Mr. Blue Sky. <laughs> Wicked. All right, it's time for another random contacts instrument corner, Timmy. Another one? What do we have this time? Would you like me to read out what this is? Yes. Riot Audio releases Bode Glass Clouds. Ah. Free, free, free morphing pad instrument for contact. So, I mean, we all like the sound of glass in our tunes, mm. right? I don't know. And so we must all really like the sound of bowed glass in our tunes. Uh, I guess. So morph out all those lovely glassy tones into uh, pads and it's free. Okay. Let's check it out. Well, it's free with sign up until July 30th. Well, so... it's uh, no longer free, but it was free and now you can pay it. <laughs> yeah. £9,000 for this plug-in, <laughs> well, this contact instrument. Should we have a listen to one of these videos? Let's have a listen. Source sounds include bowed glass bowls, bowed glass jar, Ebo piano and resonator guitar, household hoover. Oh. Let's see if I you like can spot, spot the hoover. I bow to no man, James. Mm. Nice and ambient. It is. Ooh, that's, the, that's the Hoover, isn't it? Definitely. That's what mine sounds like. The Hoover of Angels. Why is this got Hoovers in it? I don't know. It's, maybe it's a USP. They're not turning it on, presumably. Oh, that's nice. 
whenever I hear a lovely pad, all I want to do is sidechain it against a, uh, a quiet kick oh my god just, you're crazy just pump that pad oh god um should we look at this other video let's, well it's a walkthrough let's, let's no walk. no we're not gonna do that okay well for free that's pretty good value yeah gotta love it uh it's probably not free anymore but i'm sure you can pay for it if you're into bowed glass like me and tim is mm. one to check out we're really glass half full guys tim i saw there's, you are an eyesore. There, Carry on. Uh, I saw that there are many, many sudden releases from a little company based in Japan called Roland. Okay, let me tell you what Roland off of Grange Hill have uh, been announcing recently, mate. They've been there's, spuffing them out, haven't they? There's loads, mate. The first and funniest one is the uh, yes. Aerophone Mini. Have you seen this? Oh, look at that chick playing that Aerophone. That doesn't look so mini. Or no, maybe, that must be the big one. Maybe she's, <laughs> she's, she's a Tom Thumb style, yeah. very, very small person. And I also, I really want to listen to this band because it's got a woman playing a digital piano. Roland. Uh, a woman playing an Aerophone, not mini. Roland. And a dude sitting on a cajon playing some cymbals with his hands. Roland. So this this band is just going to be just putting out absolute slammers. Okay, crank it up and turn down for worked. Okay, I don't think there's an audio example. Oh, mate, really? <laughs> no. Oh, it's just, they've just tempted us with this oh, fake hang band. On, hang on, media... No, it's all pictures. Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake. I wanted to hear this crazy band. Well, there's Is it an, just a photo shoot band? It's just, it's just like they've just chosen three attractive looking people who presumably have no idea uh, how to play <laughs> yeah. an aerophone in real life. Presumably. This, this is a small electronic device that you blow and finger simultaneously, James. I think I've seen one. Oh, no, that was not Roland. No, no, it wasn't Roland's, mate. Um, and what it does is... So it's like a MIDI, it's like a MIDI controller. Another yeah. crazy MIDI controller. It's, but this one, mate, has got an app. Oh. And you can choose a bunch of different sounds. Ah, there is an app for this. A bunch of different saxes. Oh. Bassoon. Bassoon. And shakuhachi. Shakuhachi. <laughs> and bagpipes. That's right, mate. Bagpipes. Virtual bagpipes. Oh, yeah. Through blowing a little plastic pipe. Tim. Mate. You know I love to get wind. And <laughs> I really do, yeah. So to have this uh, diverse and uh, comprehensive selection of wind instruments that I can play through my little Roland Aerophone mm. uh, is very tempting for me. Yeah, it's not so little, mate, because it turns out that one she's playing is the mini. It says it on the side. Mm. And it's about half her height. <laughs> so <laughs> that is uh, pretty impressive. It's half... I would say it's... The, I'd say it's... About as big as her torso. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it, but she is wearing her dress, her skirt, very high. We we don't know. It's hard to it's hard to tell the proportions of this woman. Um, what do you think, James? Is this gonna be a goer? Uh, I think it'll be. There there is definitely a market for these things. There are people who play stuff like the Eigen Harp and um, these weird wind MIDI controllers. I think hopefully as we go through the years, mm. uh, which is another way of saying as time passes. Yeah, that's, that's very poetic. I like it. <laughs> more and more sort of traditional wind players will latch on to things like this and do crazy things with them. So I'm all for this stuff. And ultimately, we end up with a kind of Star Trek-style scenario where it's a it's basically a traditional band, but they're all playing instruments that just look like plastic versions of or, what we've now, we've now got, basically. I mean, those guys there... Mm. are only a, a bit of CGI away from the Cantina band. Oh, absolutely, mate. Um, now, 
I think, basically, when it comes down to musical instruments, mm. uh, something, anything that you play with your mouth is probably the most sort of musically expressive thing because we're attuned to the human, the sounds of the human mouth. Yeah, and you can make, look, you can make loads of weird noises in your mouth. Oh, music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bit of a clack klaxon noise at the end there, mate. I like that one in particular. Yeah, I mean, but put that through a resonant instrument or a MIDI version of a resonant instrument, and you've got musical gold. Um, but the thing is, it would be very hard to get all of the nuances of mouth noise into a bit of a plastic recorder, which is what this looks like. This is true. Like you'd think that the bit that you put in your mouth would have to be the most sort of sensitive to pressure. Well, presumably, it's going to have, I mean, it, it's going to be like one flipping parameter that you're making with your mouth. Do you know what I mean? And then you've got the whole fact that this is something you put in your mouth. Mm, like, I like it. Can you, can you keep that from breaking? Your mouth or the instrument? The the fine electronic uh, components that well, you it looks, literally put in your face. It looks like it's got a bit of a plastic removable top that you can take off and run under a tap, <laughs> That sounds like a good idea that um, traditional acoustic instrument manufacturers would be advised to copy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't think this is going to be the biggest product yeah, of the ones that we're going to look at. Well, it's called think... the Aerophone Mini, isn't it? Oh, God, Jesus. Um, but, uh, yeah, you think there's a market for this, do you? Yeah, I like it. And I'm really impressed that we got through that whole bit without very much innuendo. Uh, we did say blowing and fingering. So what's next in the massive hall of Roland Goodies? Well, it's we're back to business as usual here, mate. Uh-huh. Roland revamps the iconic sound and function of 80s era Juno synths in the new Roland Boutique JU06A synthesizer. Sweet. Okay, so I've I've I saw the headline and it was most of what I needed to know. Basically, this is their response to Volker style small things and the public love of the Juno. Mm-hmm, absolutely. It's combining the best of the Juno 60 and Juno 106 in a modern and compact battery-powered instrument that's convenient to play anywhere. Well, that's almost as if that you're reading out off a script there. I absolutely am, mate. Uh, straight from Roland's mouth. Now, before you go any further, I did get a hot tip from someone in the biz that, because, you know, I saw that a load of Roland stuff came out, but I've not really been able to uh, do a buttload of research on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, now... That's why you're telling me instead of me telling you. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy told me that apparently a lot of these releases have been pretty badly received by the world of music technology. Well, I was actually surprised by how positively some people had reacted to the boutique range. Okay. Because even though they were digital, um, I think people were happy with the sound that they made and they liked the form factor and found them convenient mm. and affordable. Yeah, and affordable. And the fact that they can just grab one and they basically get the sound mm. is... I, I think that would be really um, really appealing to many, many people. Mm. They're very classic, very lauded units. Mm. And so, I don't know, what, have you heard any negative stuff? And do you know what it would be? No, not really. I mean, people seem, people seem happy about them. I think... 
I think what what people would rather they were doing is doing a Beringer style thing of just making a bunch of clones uh, that were making their old stuff. Yeah, basically. I think I think that's what that's that's what you know. Okay. Certain people would really like. But yeah. we've said in the past, like the only way to deal with Beringer and their massive manufacturing capability is to do new stuff and not rehash your own stuff yourself because they're just going to do it cheaper. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm with them on this. I think this is a great idea, and also it's their in many ways, this especially looks like a response to the sort of Volker, Volker mm. stuff as well. I've seen sort of um, other Roland boutique stuff that looks a lot like this, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. So this is this is very much in the vein of what they've been doing thus far. Yeah. So how faithful is this to the original Junos? Well, it's going to sound pretty good. I mean, like you know, it's going to be a lot of the same sort of uh, software behind the scenes as the Roland Cloud stuff, which is great. I mean, it's not a replacement for analog, but it does the job and you know for for most people the job will be getting analog style sounds in your mix and you know it seems to do that very well mm. that's great um but it's not actually analog right no it's not analog it's very small <laughs> you know uh convenient form factor um i mean personally if i was going to splash out on something that wasn't in the box I'd want it to be real analog because otherwise I, I feel for, for me personally, I might as well be using a plugin. I mean, yeah. it's nice to have all the knobs and everything, but I don't want to, I don't want to spend 300 quid on a soft set in a box. I can't really see myself taking something like this to a picnic, like someone in a marketing photo shoot would. Um, <laughs> no, there no. are many people in the world, you know, and some of them might. That's the Juno. What else came out? I'll show you what came out, mate. On a similar tip, hmm. Roland debuts the all-new Jupiter X synthesizer lineup. Okay, Jupiter time. And this seems to be uh, in a similar sort of style to maybe to the Juno D. Are you familiar with that one? Uh, not really. Well, it basically, it did a bunch of old sort of style sounds and also had some stuff like, you know, your regular straight up stuff in there, like pianos and things or whatever. Um, this one apparently. No, hang on. I see something that I don't like the look of in that press release. What is it? And that is the logo for Bluetooth. Um, I guess if you want to have a play on your headphones and you, your headphones don't have a jack anymore, <laughs> I guess okay. that's what that's for. Yeah, I don't know. I guess so. But uh, do you? Does this mean you have to connect it up to your phone or something? I d I'm sure it'll just work like a regular ting, bruv. Mm. I wouldn't worry too much about that. So the Jupiters are being reborn. Not exactly. <laughs> um, but you know. Yeah, so you get a bunch of classic analog style sounds and a bunch of drum machine things. And, you know, it seems it seems like this would be something in a convenient box that, you know, will do for a lot of people who don't demand analog, I reckon. Yeah, okay, I see the words Jupiter 8, Juno 106, which was weird because we've just seen that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> SH-101 and more. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're being... Uh, emulated by the jupiter x yes right? i mean it's not they don't specifically say how how much of that emulation you're going to get whether you're for example going to get the entire juno 106 engine that you get on rolling cloud or whatever also interesting it says uh it uh, authentically reproduces digital machines like the XV580, which, as you no doubt know, James, is the descendant of the JV1080, which I'm a big fan of. I you might are. have mentioned that multiple you times. You will not shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, about I really won't. JV1080. Um, so these are physical synths. Uh, one of them seems to be like, what, 61 key? And the other mini one seems to be 30 something. Mm hmm. 
Fair enough. What's your take on them? Uh, I don't know. People didn't really seem to like the Juno D that much, at least not, you know, analog nerds for mm. obvious reasons. Um, I'm going to withhold judgment on these, mate. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to revisit them on the podcast, but hold your judgment <laughs> and we'll wait in suspense. Oh, very exciting. More stuff from Roland? More, yet yeah, more Good stuff Lord. from Roland, mate. That's right. The Groove Boxes are back. Okay, so this is Roland's uh, take on the uh, MPC and uh, machine well, style. Well, it's a continuation of the MC brand, which kicked off in 96 with the MC303, which people were disappointed even back then that it wasn't just a regular straight-up TB303 clone. Um, it's kind of, they're kind of like all-in-one boxes. They they're, really have a knack for disappointing people. Well, they do, but they do still sell a lot of units. So, yeah. you know, the, the vocal minority there, um, which... I I would probably consider myself part of, uh, you know, don't get what they want, but someone's getting what they want. So, you know, okay, it's all good. And this just seems to be more of the same sort of stuff, basically. Beats, bass lines, synth sounds, that sort of caper. Sweet. Okay, so you it, self-contained music production workstations that you don't really need uh, to be tied to a door for. Yeah, you can make some grooves in a box. It does what it says on the tin. What sort of beats and bass and uh, drum hits do you get? I am, well, it's good. Mm. So it's <laughs> this it's is really going to blow your mind, mate. To be asked the questions about a product, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, I don't like it. Um, this uh, <laughs> covers stuff like the eight two eight nine nine and three oh three. Would you believe me? Uh, okay. I, I mean, it looks very much like Roland's uh, TR eight stuff mm-hmm. with that lovely black chassis with uh, green backlighting, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. I happen to really like. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly colourful and attractive. Hmm. Mm. Do you want to know what else Roland have come up with? We're not done yet, mate. I do. Do you not have a price on the groove boxes? No, there's nah. details are scant on all these things. Clam the f- level unspecified. But I can tell you the prices of uh, Zen Beats, which what? I, I think they, they, they this is so this is an iOS and desktop sequencing app that I believe they bought off somebody else. I'm not entirely sure about that. Okay. Don't want to. <laughs> the acquisition of Open Labs' award-winning Stage Light app. Oh, well, there we the go. Foundation I was, for Roland right, and Beats, as always. Um, so I can tell you the prices on this. Yeah. So this is kind of like a sort of bite-sized sequencer sort of thing. You can get it on your phone mm-hmm. for fifteen dollar. Uh-huh. On your desktop for fifty dollar. Uh-huh. And you can get an ultimate version, which gives you freaking everything and loads of preset packs for hundred and fifty dollar. Interesting. What so does it do? Um, well, it looks like sort of Bitwig a bit, but I mean, I guess it just, it's basically a real straightforward sort of mm. block-based sequencer. I, I guess it's sort of, you have a sequencer and you can make patterns and you can buy sounds. Buy our sounds, everybody. Mm-hmm. Is that really what they're doing here? Well, I don't want to say so far, but... It would be smart of them to create another avenue for people to purchase sounds off them. And judging from the jump up in price from the the 50 quid desktop version to the ultimate version, that's $100, presumably. There's going to be a lot of sounds available. Well, it says 40 preset packs and 40 loot packs yeah. uh, and sounds currently available. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of that value, you've got to think, is coming from the sounds. So presumably that is going to be an avenue they're going to pursue. I don't want to say that Roland Zenbeats app is a toy. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> it's um i can't see anyone 
making a beat, shall we say, in it using in-app purchases and then offloading that whole beat into their door and making a proper track with it. I don't just know saying, well, that's you... just me. Well, yeah. it's mate. It uses elastique time stretching, would you believe, mate? So yeah. it seems like you know there's some serious stuff going on under the hood. My nan's car uses elastique <laughs> time stretching. Everyone's got that. That's not a selling point anymore. Well, we're gonna have to see about this one, aren't we, mate? Uh, I think it's it's hard to say. Oh, and it's it does Ableton link as well. Mm. So, you know, there's some interesting stuff going on there. Now, is that all of our massive Roland Hall? That is the whole thing, mate, unless you know something that I don't. Well, I saw that it was uh, redesigned its Phantom Performance keyboards oh. for the pro market. But High end. I don't really know what that is, and I don't think we should talk about no, it. No, it's too much money for either of us to afford one of those lovely, lovely keyboards. I'm sure they're amazing. This has happened before, hasn't it, with Roland just spuffing out shitloads of products, like, mm. in one day. They're not really necessarily our thing, the fact that they're hardware, but the fact that they're Juno and Jupiter kind of your thing that is kind of my thing i won't be buying any of these i don't think but i'll be interested to see if people like them anyway thank you for bearing with us on our roland jaunt yay now you know that i have had a long and checkered history with a reason very checkered you like a chessboard it was my first door it was uh, the one thing I knew how to use, and I liked it a lot, and uh, I was reacquainted with it at version 7, and I liked it a lot, and it's it had hit-and-miss updates, basically. Yeah, people do seem very divided on a lot of these updates. Yeah, I... I, I can't remember the exact things that happened but like i think reason eight wasn't that impressive reason nine was great reason 10 wasn't good um and now we have reason 11 mm. e 11 <laughs> so what the hell is happening is this going to be a hit or is this going to be a miss it's been hard to tell. I would like to get a review of it because I am the stock reason reviewer for a lot of people. Sometimes mm -hmm. slag it off, sometimes like it. <laughs> You're unpredictable. Uh, but the fact that I slag it off in my reviews tends to make people not let me review it anymore. Okay, here are the headlines. Mm. Number one, Reason 11 can now be run as a plugin. Yes, big news. Big news. That's pretty huge. And now, if you think about it for a little longer, you'll realize <laughs> that Reason could always be run through Rewire, and you could always integrate it as part of your main door setup. And Propeller had invented Rewire for that reason. So bringing it out as a plugin isn't actually a massive deal because you could always just rewire it into your door. I guess people find Rewire a bit of a faff. Exactly. That really highlights the fact that people find Rewire a bit of a faff, because they've obviously seen fit to like put an entire development team into pluginizing it, mm -hmm. the whole door. Well, actually, it's not the door. It's the whole rack, mm. which is the meat of the door anyway. Well, it feels like a, that feels like a more elegant solution. It's a great solution, I think, actually. It's, mm. um, it's like even I don't want to even open rewire even mm. though you just open it and press a button to launch reason and you're off mm. but there's some weird psychological barrier between you've working... got to route it to a or an audio track or whatever in i your... don't i don't think you even need to do that every time even with rewire at least i can't remember having to do that for ages i remember having to do that but 
the fact that it's a plugin means it's going to be right next to all the other options I have to put on a track, and it's going to make me way more likely to use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that I don't really like to use multifaceted, huge, racky plugins, multi-effects, is going to make me less likely. Mm-hmm. But you can, I believe, load it as an instrument as well, and then you can get all the um, reason instruments mm-hmm. in your door. In many ways, I bet it feels like a sort of concession mm-hmm. by Propellerhead to say... Okay, we're going to just let you load all the Reason synths in other doors because Reason isn't all that anymore, Chief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's saying it, Chief. But I'm really happy about that. And I think for Reason, mm-hmm. the marketing strategy should have always, 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 always been, remember this, basically. Mm-hmm. It needs to be, hey, you used to use this when it was good. <laughs> How about using it again? I'm sure a lot of people still think of it as good. But I do think it's a very good idea that they're opening it up. Because there's a lot of great sound making and processing stuff in there. Yeah. And it's nostalgic stuff that people will be very familiar with and want to get back to. Mm-hmm. Using the convenience of their newly preferred door. Mm. And now they can... I mean, they could before with Rewire, but I don't think they were realising that people just don't give a shit about Rewire. And now it's going to be right in your door. It's called Reason. So what plugins is it going to be next to? I don't know. It's going to be next to... It's going to be right next to Reactor, for example. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you might want to get that. But yeah, they needed to play on the nostalgia because it's really falling out of favour with the majority of people. Mm -hmm. Here's the other weird thing about what's happened. They have changed their name. What? Propellerhead have changed their name. That's good, because I always found it very hard to spell Propellerhead. I always had to double check it. (laughs) Hard to say as well, apparently. I can't even even speak. Okay, they did a thing at the start where their web address is propellerheads.se, and the company's called Propellerhead. Yeah, that confused me. Everyone was always calling them Propellerheads. Yeah. And they had a new CEO a few months ago and so they're obviously doing stuff but it's still a bit weird to change the name of the company do you know what they're changing it to is it reason it's reason studios that sounds like it's going to be a different product which is slightly confusing yeah it's it is confusing and it's i think to, to me this reeks of a uh, whitewashing sort of we're changing sort of statement mm-hmm. when really when someone's making that statement you can be more assured that they will be just the same forevermore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a commitment to the Reason brand, certainly. Yeah, I look forward to uh, messing with Reason 11 as a plugin. I really like their phaser, for example. Mm. Um, what else do I like? Basically, little else. But I really like their <laughs> phaser, you know. Uh, good phaser's hard to find. Good phaser, yeah. Really good phaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got, oh, the Audiomatic Retro Transformer. That's pretty cool. Mm. And, of course, um, because you can buy rack extensions, that's still valid using the Reason plugin. Mm-hmm. So you can buy third-party things within your plugin, a bit like some kind of IK Multimedia T-Rex thing. And it's turning into a shop. But, you know, no one likes shops in plugins, but hey. I don't know. I think companies probably quite like them. And I think if they're done well, then I'm sure some end users yeah. like them. Well, anyway, you can buy Reason 11 Intro, which uh, would include, I believe, the door and the plugin rack. That comes with 31 devices, mm-hmm. 99 clamors. Mm-hmm. Reason 11, just Reason 11, 55 devices, 
$399, mm-hmm. which is a weird price hike for adding another 24 There must devices. be other things that are different about You'd it. You'd hope so. Mm-hmm. And Reason 11 Sweet. Sweet! Sweet! Which has 72 devices. Wow, I didn't know numbers went up that high. For $600. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's, that's spicy a, meatball. It's a lot of clams for something you might already have. Yeah. But, yeah, but you can I, upgrade as well. I am generally in support of this move, and I think it shows concession on the heart, behalf of Propellerhead, now Reason Studio, silly name. But I'm liking it, and they've also updated the door itself uh, with a few little things. But it's, there's a new synth in there, for example, but I haven't really checked that out because it just had a baby, Tim. Yeah, I know, mate. It's a good <laughs> excuse. Would you use this as a plug-in? I'd give it a go, you know. Would you give it a go for the nostalgic value? Well, I was never really a big reason head. I know there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, I don't know if it's for me. I think this is probably for people who've loved reason before or really need, just want a load of new stuff to play with. And Mm. I've got plenty of toys, really. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I do think it's the nostalgia. That's why people are going for it. I wouldn't buy it. But if someone gives me a review copy to uh, do a review, mm-hmm. I'll check it out and I'll give my honest opinion. But no one wants my honest opinion. <laughs> Keep your opinions to yourself, please. Yeah. Your opinion's going to upset our advertisers. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, we'll get someone else to do the review. <laughs> You're giving people an uh, interesting insights into the industry there. Tim, it's happened. Korg. What? Pokemon things. <gasps> what? Yeah. So you are not a guitarist. No, I'm not. Well noticed. But you might have to take it up because guitarists, sometimes they like to use tuners and sometimes they like to use metronomes. Okay. Korg have brought out a little series of tuners and metronomes inspired by and designed with... Pokemon? Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, so here they are. Lovely uh, four sort of branded Pokemon uh, products in green, red, blue, and yellow. Mm -hmm. What could those colours represent? I'll tell you what they represent. They represent the original starting Pokemon from red, blue, and of course yellow. Mm -hmm. That's right, Pikachu's in there. And uh, yeah, you can whack them on your guitar by the looks of it and do some tuning. There are, by the way. Also, who is the other starting Pokemon? Oh, people love Eevee. Yes, Eevee was uh, Gary's uh, choice on Pokemon Yellow, of course. Oh, that's good knowledge. Yeah, and so uh, one of the metronomes is an Eevee metronome, but, you know, no one fucking likes Eevee. Oh, Eevee's cute. Yeah, it's Gary's Pokemon. (laughs) Oh, Gary. And uh, that metronome, by the way, cannot turn into one of three different (laughs) colors. Imagine if it turns into a a flipping Core Game 1, mate. It's evolution. (laughs) That would be good. I'd love that. And uh, yeah, you can whack them on your guitar by the looks of it and do some tuning. And uh, it seems not only do you get a colored tuner, you get a little uh, Pokemon uh, representation, pixelated, of uh, the original Pokemon. Tamagotchi style, some uh, might say. Yeah, I mean, th- this story says Tamagotchi style, but you don't have to look after them, do you? Oh, God, I hope not, mate. Oh, I, I, <laughs> Non-specific. I, like <laughs> I, I used to love my Tamagotchi. So what if your Pokemon Tamagotchi dies? You, you just can't tune your guitar anymore, basically. That would really interrupt a session, so I guess yes. <laughs> um, I'm assuming... This is just wacky enough to be a success. I think so. Like, I mean, 
Thing is, I mean, Pokemon's still a very strong brand with the kids. Oh, God, it's, a, it's an enormous brand. And it's still a thing with adults now, but only adults like you who uh, get a <laughs> kick out of cute stuff. Yeah, I love it. Like, if you were a serious session musician, Which would, I'm you, not. would you really want to rock up with a Charmander tuna? Slash is definitely getting one of these. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because that's uh, one of Charmander's uh, moves. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. good knowledge. I um, like it. Maybe um, he's getting Squirtle, though. Yeah, mate, who is getting Squirtle? I think... What musician squirts? Um, I can't think of one particularly. <laughs> Status quo. <laughs> they squirt all over the place, Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. They would get Squirtle tuners. Um, <laughs> okay, who's Pikachu? It's ACDC. Angus Young is going to be tuning up with his uh, Pikachu Because he's tail. electric. Exactly. And ACDC are electric. That makes yeah. sense. Okay, Bulbasaur. Bulbasaur is a tough one. Uh, so, a Bulbasaur metronome, let's say. You want to really plant the seed of an idea. Oh, nice. Um, I'd say, like, I don't know. Oh, Who's the Bulbasaur tuna metronome person? Maybe our audience can fill us in. <laughs> Please let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tumbleweed. Well, Tim, I think we've talked so much business today that uh, we could go off and teach an MBA course at Lancashire University. Yes, James, my business brain is entirely full and now I need to go home and siphon it off into a tank, a septic tank of raw business. (laughs) (laughs) We'll catch up with you in about two weeks' time. Remember to look us up on Patreon, for the love of God. Yeah, please help us out, guys. It's it's real desperate. (laughs) And when we say we'll we'll come and find you, we mean it. We're coming for you. We'll catch you all as soon as we can get back. Okay, see you later, guys. Bye. Bye.